This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 90 Nation or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipItTV. You're listening to BGN Radio. Now, we had this guy on today named Brandon Lee Gouton. Now, who the hell is he? Can you, tell, Martin, can you tell me who this is? He writes for Bleeding Green Nation. Now, is Bleeding Green Nation something that people read? I thought Brandon Lee Gowton was an actor. I think he was a country singer. to episode number 177 of the BGN Radio Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, as always, each and every week as we keep creeping up to that August 11th date where there's going to be some actual football action so we can actually start doing film because we don't know what Doug Peterson is running. I know that I saw a lot of that in the comments going on the past couple of days. Like, why aren't there more breakdowns? It's like, well, you know, it's a brand new head coach and we would only be making complete assumptions on what Doug Peterson is going to run, and we don't want to do that. So, unfortunately, uh, we have to wait, but we do not have to wait uh, any longer to introduce our two co-hosts. First joining us tonight, the jefe in charge of everything on BleedingGreenNation.com. He is tall, he never sleeps, and his Wawa hats are polished and ready to go for the Care Complex visits. Mr. Brandon Lee Gowden, what is happening, sir? I'm excited, John. I'm excited for you to get to what you have to say after you introduce oh, yeah. Patrick. Yes, that's right. Uh, making uh, making his return. Uh, you know, he, he's here. He come. He's he's not here. He teases us. He sends us nudes. Then he doesn't. But we are <laughs> thankful to have him here tonight, Mr. Patrick Wall. What's happening, bud? I like to send tasteful but spicy nudes. Usually, yaki nudes. <laughs> uh, sometimes what, what, ramen nudes. What? What are those descriptions of nudes? Explain right now. I'm sending you nudes. I have no idea what I'm you're sending talking about. You I don't noodles. know if I want to. Come on. No? Uh, noodles? No. Nobody else calls man. noodles nudes? Just me? Okay. Just you. Pat. I guess just, just you. I just wish you I and the folks. <laughs> <laughs> you and the folks that hung uh, hang out at Kung Fu Necktie. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it. So, uh, again, if you are out there listening on 
now now we're starting to get there. BGNradio.com is live. Mm. The store is up. There are things to buy. Got BGN two types of BGN Radio t-shirts that you can customize into any color. A lot of different styles. You can do the baseball tee. You can just do a regular tee. We've got hoodies. We've got coffee mugs, notebooks, all that good stuff. So if you want to head over to BGNradio.com and the BGN Radio store, uh, it goes a long way. Supports the show. It helps us out. What also supports the show more important Importantly, is if you are out there on Stitcher or iTunes right here on SoundCloud, Google Play, just get some noise out there about the podcast. We uh, we always appreciate that. The five-star reviews go a long, long way. This is why they go a long, long way. Uh, and, you know, It's already been announced by the time that you are hearing this, but for the first time, we haven't said the words. I don't know if anybody caught the Easter egg last episode, but it was definitely in there. Ladies and gentlemen, the BGN Radio Podcast is heading to the airwaves of 94WIP. We did it. We are, uh, that's that's where we're going to be this season. We are so very pumped for that. Um, A big thank you to Spike Eskin. Literally, I know he said this in the post, but uh, we, the, the first five seconds in the room with Spike was like, yeah, we're in. We're going to do this <laughs> because he just, he gets us. He's a podcaster himself. Um, and it just, there's such a clear line of communication of where he sees the radio industry. And I know that there's a lot of people that kind of hate it already. And that's why, uh, that more or less, I think that's why we started this podcast because there were, we just felt like there wasn't enough diverse opinions going on. Uh, whether that's with the obviously with the Eagles, but with everything else, I think that's where you're starting to see a lot of these things pop up. But this has always been our philosophy of never stop recording. I'm sure we didn't expect <laughs> this after three years. So I just want to say thank you to every single person that has supported us one way or another, simply just by listening, giving us questions every week, leaving reviews. Um, I'm blown away by where we've kind of we're started and where we're to now. Uh, and it's, and it's going to be amazing. Something we didn't mention the post is CBS radio is also hiring me as on air staff. So I'm very excited about that. And there's some other things with that. I guess I can't reveal right now, but let's just say Sundays uh, will be a lot more interesting. And I'm very excited for the opportunity to work for such a legendary sports radio station and we know that the industry is kind of in flux and there's a lot of people that there's there's not a lot of youth in it so uh, for me to have an opportunity there for the entire bgn radio crew to have an opportunity at wip and working with spike like we are overwhelmed with how awesome this is going to be and uh and i'm going to be down with the eagles games with blg and hopefully patrick and and everybody else is going to give us a ton more access so we're going to try and get audio from players after game day try and do some one-on-ones expand kind of that programming along with all the other shows that we're going to be eventually doing uh on bgnradio.com so um you know a lot of the live facebook feeds which brandon has been doing a fantastic job with just with uh, training camp alone because we're all jonesing for something so we're going to be have that uh, uh, going on a lot down there uh at the link and at novacare and anywhere we can get you guys more access we're going to do this is what kind of allows us to go in and do that. So, uh, BLG, I'm excited. Patrick, I'm excited. How are, uh, BLG, how are you feeling about this, this move to WIP here? 
Well, it's you know it's funny, John. I always think about back to when the podcast started. I believe it was right before the 2013 season. It was shortly after I started at BGN, and uh, you and I had obviously known each other for a little bit at the time. And you had me on your your Philly forecast, I believe it was. <laughs> What a name drop. Um, yeah, don't it, look that up, by the way. <laughs> don't look that up. No, it's all right. Um, I, I remember calling you and being just like, hey, do you want to start a podcast? And it's it's crazy, you know, how how far we've come. And, and I, you know, it, I, it might sound cheesy, but it's not. I mean, like, we really are only able to do this because people cared about it. You know, we, we started out and we used to get excited, I think, like when we broke the thousand listen mark for the first time. And now it's like... Yeah like 10,000 at least, and then like 30,000 are just crazy numbers or, or we do things like we all did when we were at uh mixed roast beef uh, for the draft yeah. party. We were, we were doing bigger and better things and I couldn't be more happy and more proud of our team. Yeah. It's in, it's insane. That's why I said never stop recording. Like if you're a podcaster out there, if you think you can, you know, muster up an audience, it, it's j- just keep going. The technology's there now. Like that's, that's, part of it there's no excuse not to kind of do this stuff and um yeah i mean patrick we'd just be talking to ourselves man like we would just be <laughs> we might as well just get on the phone with a conversation without like the bgn community and everything else it, it has just been uh a phenomenal journey thus far and i'm so glad that we're kind of all going to be with it together here it's awesome i think i may have been the first addition uh to the original cast yeah oh no no J- james was, and oh, then it was okay. you. sorry yeah yeah uh I always thought James was an OG. I guess not. He's an OG in so many other yeah. ways. I just sort of assumed. No, I just I remember back in the day, just like talking on my cell phone and like pacing around in my room while we recorded. And now, got you know the fancy equipment and and John's yeah. in the biz officially. About damn time, if you ask me. Awesome. He's back, baby. Uh, no, it's is awesome. Uh, and you know, a huge thanks to the to the nation part of, of Bleeding Green Nation. You guys have been incredible. Um, it's been so fun to watch this podcast grow and, um, I'm, I'm really proud of everybody involved, especially John. I don't think I have to tell the people listening how, how important his voice is and, and, and the things that he, he does are to the, to the Philly sports community and, and Philly Twitter and Eagles Twitter and all that stuff. And, uh, nobody deserves what's, what's been happening more than the two guys I'm on the, on the call with here. So, uh, I'm just super excited for everybody. I appreciate that, bud. And Thank it's you. just, you know. Um, by dumb luck too. Like sometimes it's, you know, there's, there's, I'm not, and that's not to downplay. Like there's a, there's a ton of hard work that goes on in between that a lot of people don't understand or know or whatever, but outside of that, like it's, you're just it's like, we met, I think this all started because we met Spike or at least I met Spike for the first time at a Liberty Ballers event. You know, his, I think it was his first go with the, uh, <laughs> yeah rights to Ricky thing and like we all just started hanging oh, yeah. out and we're just like oh yeah let's uh let's do this thing and then that just kind of kind of grew so um again it's and I I <laughs> I don't have enough words to express like how um grateful and humbled that I am with with all of this stuff and for the entire the, the entire crew that's here like we can't believe it and most of all like we've been holding on to this thing forever so we're just glad to get it out and finally celebrate it uh because we've had to kind of keep this quiet for a little bit but uh, again we appreciate um uh you guys and for everybody listening each and every week so now that the the celebration is out of the way blg we have to we have to get down to uh some business here and i i i mean it sounds like Wentz had his best couple of days here shorts and shells uh the past couple of weeks there's 
more practices that are going to be happening throughout the weekend, obviously. So um, we'll try and update the, the, uh, this on the Thursday and Friday and so on as Brandon has all the media access down there. But um, I, I guess kind of a, a turn. It looks like Wentz is, is learning, at least uh, by your eyes, a little bit quickly here. Yeah, Doug Peterson talked uh, before practice on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field about how the coaches are working on different things with him and and not so much a mechanic tweak from the upper body point, but kind of just, you know, making sure he stays low and and keeping his knees bent and everything and and the footwork and all of that. Uh, I I think Carson has looked better in these past couple days in terms of accuracy. That's kind of something he, he struggled with at certain points. You still see the wobble every once in a while. Uh, that could be, you know, a mechanics thing in terms of the lower body thing we already talked about. Doug has kind of said that he feels the wobble could be due just because the Carson's kind of overthinking the plays. And, you know, he'll, he thinks that'll get ironed out once he learns the playbook more and things like that. So we'll see how that goes. But overall, you know, I do like what I've seen out of Carson. Had a really good throw to Josh Hoff on Saturday. Really, like it was like a 50-yard bomb. And Josh Hoff for once actually caught a pass. So that was great, hey. too. Uh <laughs> And in the most recent practice, which was on Monday, I just think his accuracy is really good. Had a really nice throw to Ertz on a post route. This ball is right on the money. Uh, I think he's. we've seen some improvement from him. Now, I mean, how much of this is, um, I, I don't know, how much weight should Eagles fans be taking into these things? Is Wentz improving to a point where you could see if there was an open competition, maybe there would be a chance there? Or is this for a rookie? He's looked better and better as he goes along. Yeah, I don't think it's to that. The the first thing you said there, I think you know, obviously it's practice. So you know, there's no there's no real pass rush, and it's just not a real game situation and everything like that. So uh, you're probably not as fatigued as you might be in a game. Obviously, uh, breaks in between plays and things like that. I think you know we're gonna have to see how he does in the preseason games before we could even start then and then the thing with that is you know he's going against third stringers so you know you can question how much uh, he'll actually be able to even play into things if he's going against weak competition but I think it's just kind of more of like a subtle thing like like hey cool Carson Wentz is kind of looking better okay good it's good which is always it's never never bad to hear now Patrick um, I don't know if he heard or not but Hall of Famer Jalen Mills God, had a had a couple of rough goes over the past uh, weekend here uh, and I guess this this is what it's kind of against Chris Gibbons. So it was one of them too. So, you know, there's kind of that going on, but I I mean, isn't this just kind of, does this take him out of the knob Brown uh, awards here? Is he slipping down here? Are you going to see, you know, I don't know who's, I don't know who's next on the, maybe it's Smallwood that's going to come up, uh, come up the rear here during camp. What does Jalen Mills have to do to get his knob Brown award back? He's got to have, well, he's got to have the kind of game in preseason that we were expecting him to have based on training camp, which is uh, three picks, <laughs> 45 yards receiving, two touchdowns, and a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I think I would think it would do it. I no. think that will, you know, I I just keep going back to him having green hair, which just gives me flashbacks. That's, to, that's very big. It's huge. And unfortunately for me, it gives me flashbacks of Lehigh in 2012 uh, when I was oh. there covering the team. You know who had green hair back then? DRC. Uh, DRC. Oh my god. And he had a I great camp in 2012. He had a yeah. really good camp in 2012. Uh yeah. no, but in seriousness, I think I, it, this is kind of what we expected. Um Jalen Mills, I I think does have have a, a significant role to play in this team. He's I guess this year's Jacory Shepard for whatever that's worth, but uh <laughs> yeah, unless uh 
unless Wendell Smallwood goes out there and has like, you know, 180 yards against the Bucks or something, I think uh, I think Jalen Mills not Brown Award is is safe. We should start printing his name on the plaque now. Okay, yeah, I won't uh, won't call the vendor back anytime soon. Um, but, but BLG a little more on that is just is that. Um, what is it? Is it just the the fact that we need something to kind of grab onto again? Like, because the other than Wentz, who we're not going to see, I think a lot of Eagles fans are just trying to force somebody of, oh, we got Wentz and this guy mm-hmm. uh, for Wentz and these two guys. Is that kind of what's happening here? I think part of it is just because the cornerback position is probably the most interesting training camp battle. I, mean, I don't really consider quarterback a battle since they're all splitting reps. Uh, evenly, and it's always in the same order, obviously, Sam Bradford with the first team. I think, you know, the cornerback position is much more fluid. And, you know, you look at the Eagles' defense, I think a lot of people want to say cornerback is one of the weakest situations, not only on the team, but also, the you know, the defense as well. Uh, to me, I don't see it quite like that. It's not that they have star talent there, even though my boy, you know, the Otis McKelvin is looking good as always. <laughs> but um, I think the other job really isn't set in stone yet. I mean, you know, Nolan Carroll's getting time out there. We're seeing Ron Brooks get time out there, even when, uh, you know, it's only two cornerbacks. We're also seeing Brooks line up in the slot. Uh, Eric Rowe hasn't gotten first-team reps a lot yet. I think he got a couple when Carroll went out for injury on Saturday or so. But Rowe's had a couple of picks here in the past couple of days, so I think he's been looking better. And then, of course, you have Mills. So I think it's kind of an interesting spot. And even you look at the guys like C.J. Smith, like undrafted free agent, and that Aaron Grimes guy from the CFL. Like, even they've stood out a little bit. They've had some nice pass breakups. So I think it's kind of an interesting spot. Again, you don't have the star talent, but I think you could have, like, a, a decent amount of – I think it could be better. I've, I've been saying all along, I think the Eagles cornerback situation could be better than what people expect because you look at the pass rush, and I think you look at the safeties playing behind them, and I think it can actually be a passable position. Yeah, and I think that there is, just kind of like what you said, I think it actually there's a lot of different guys that can do, um, you know, a lot of it's because of the regime and, and Chip like those guys too, but, I mean, it is a, a secondary which can do a lot of things. A lot of those guys can play in and outside. A couple of those guys can play safety. You know, I think it, it's it's important when that kind of comes around, and this is why it's, and it, it turns out, speaking of that cornerback situation and, I know there was a lot of Eric Rowe talk and trading in, the, in back and forth, but he's kind of looked the part, at least from your eyes and what I've been reading from you the past couple of days, has he really kind of more or less made it almost extremely impossible for him not to be starting this year? John, about Eric Rowe? Yes. Uh, still, wanna, still kind of up in the air, huh? I don't want to say it's impossible because I think he could easily light it up. Like, we, we talked about this last week, John. I feel like they're... I, it's not a given that he's going to start at all. I think they really want to push him. I think he's really going to have to earn it, and I'm fine with that. I mean, he should. He should have to do that. I liked what he did at the end of last year, but I'm fine with not just handing him the job. Yeah, no, and that's and that's fine too. I just think it's. It, it, I don't when when I think about it, and uh, Patrick, maybe you can <laughs> maybe have a different take on this, but to me, Eric Rowe still has like everything that Jim Schwartz. We'd want. I mean, there is a, a ton of press coverage, I think, that goes on in his scheme. There's a lot of off coverage that goes off in a scheme where he kind of interchanges that. It don't, doesn't it seem like to you that Eric Rose kind of like their best all-around corner that they have right now? Well, he's certainly the, the one with the most pedigree and the, and, the, and the youngest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
look, it's so early. I mean, what happens if if he comes out against uh, the Bucks in a week or so and just light, like lights it up? What happens then? Then we all look silly for the last week. I mean, this is what this is such a to me. This is such a Doug Peterson move where it's like position of weakness, young, highly drafted player who maybe not hasn't like dominated in the spring ball or whatever. So it's him going, you know what? I'm going to light a fire under this young buck. That's what I used to do when I was a player. I love that crap. And so he's just going out there and like, you know what I mean though? Like he's, I, to yeah. me, this just smacks yeah. of like old school coaching as like tough love. Cause I'm the new Philadelphia dad. So I don't. Oh uh, yeah. No, that's I, I, it's exactly the same thing I said last week. And it was just like, I, we, we know this was, this is where it's coming from. I just, Notice the a couple of good interceptions, at least by, you know, the Twitter.com. And maybe that's my own mistake for reading too much into that. But um, I just think that that is going to be such a dead story uh, oh, by yeah. week two of the preseason. Oh, that for sure. That we'll, we'll kind of laugh at. And, they're gonna, going and there's going to be there. people in week 10 going, I don't know about Eric Rowe. You know, it's, <laughs> he, he had a pretty bad May. So I don't know about this guy yet. <laughs> Guarantee you somebody will be doing that. Yeah, it's like, or, or something, some rumor will come up and he'll be linked to it. It's like, well, it's, pre- it's pretty obvious in the offseason that Jim Schwartz was a big fan of Eric Rowe. So anything could happen. You're just like, okay. Don't okay. be surprised. Don't be surprised. <laughs> you know, it's funny because Jim Schwartz on his press conference uh, on Saturday was kind of, he took a shot at the media kind of, he said it twice. He was like, uh, and he was talking about Eagles cornerbacks and he was like, oh, and, uh, he, and he looked over to the Eagles PR team, Derek Poico and company and said, make sure you fill in anyone I forgot because I don't want people here le- reading in between the lines that aren't there. So he kind of made fun of everyone. <laughs> I didn't even, I missed that. So that's, that's awesome. That's exactly. And we were, Hey, we were just as guilty of it too. I mean, literally that was what our last oh, sure. episode was titled. So, um, well, good. I'm glad he kind of cleared that up because that is, I think that's, that's kind of important when you don't mention, you know, your second reformer, second round pick, uh, starting quarterback, but that, and speaking of maybe taking things a little too far, this is another thing I want to get into. And I know it's kind of uh, almost at this point beating a dead horse, but this attendance thing that everybody kind of got riled up about and, you know, <laughs> made a lot of Eagles fans feel completely uncomfortable because I think their lo- like their loyalty was being questioned or, or they you think know, it was. I don't think it even was so much as they might have think it is being questioned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's. I, and I and I I guess I understand it if you thought that was coming from there, but I mean, who cares? It's training camp. It's even if it was opening week, like it it doesn't matter. That being said, I just think that there is sure there is something to the buzz of of what's going on this offseason of people not wanting to be there. And if Wentz was going to be named the starter and Sam Bradford wasn't here, I think that place would be completely well, more than eighteen thousand. Yeah. Just yeah, exactly. So there's. Uh, it's missing that dynamic. It's basically you're getting the same stuff. There's not any real draft pick other than Wentz that you're going to go, oh, yeah, we got to show up for that. Uh, And Doug Peterson's your football coach. I mean, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, there's just nothing that's going to be like, oh, yeah. And there were a couple of people that suggested even today that Tom Coughlin, if it was Tom Coughlin, there'd be way more buzz about this team. I'm like, no, no, it wouldn't. There'd be buzz from the vultures flying overhead waiting for him to die. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just like I'm, so excited I'm, I'm about so the guy who the, the Eagles beat have, have beaten uh, three or three years in a row, last right? Sixteen times. 
<laughs> so it's just like, yeah, well, that's that's great. And everybody brought up Super Bowl rings. I was like, yeah, I was like, great. John Gruden all over again. Right. Bill Cowher. All, it's like all those dumb names that you hear from everybody that calls in. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Regardless of that, I mean, it's just it's just true that I don't think that there has been a ton of buzz this offseason. I think that's correct. And I think people are trying to fight that for some reason. Look, it's it's and and the other half is and this is more importantly what I want to kind of get into here is this is starting to like I'm so confused, not only by what the Eagles process has been kind of been and what direction it's going, but also. I guess some of the media, some of the fans that are already expecting Doug to be bad and they're already having it on their mind that they would want to let him go and move on to or don't think he's going to be a great coach. So let's, I mean, like this, we just, they just fired Chip Kelly. This is what the majority of you wanted. You wanted this. You wanted Peterson. Well, and that's, and that's a fair argument. But what are you going to, I mean, like, are you just going to keep firing the coach year after year? No. Until, I mean, like, our thoughts of, you know, the, the, the Browns, I'm not saying that the Eagles organization would do that, but I feel like some of the fans might already kind of want to do that. And I think there's, obviously, there's another half of it. They're like, yo, let him, let him coach a football game, which I am still 100% on board for. I have my doubts. And I have my worries, mm-hmm. but let the, let the guy coach a fucking snap first. It's you know like let's let's see what he runs. Maybe we'll be all magically surprised, and maybe we can all eat a bunch of crow. And mm-hmm. Doug Peterson's the second coming of. Uh, I don't want to say Andy Reid. I don't want to <laughs> say Andy Reid. I say Bill Belichick. So we we know how Andy ends, but um, just yeah. You know, what I mean is that is that basically it? BLG. I mean, there's there's no there's no buzz in the building, and the only thing that's going to create it is wins. Honest, I'm asking both of you right now. Why would you come to Eagles training camp? Like, not cynically, just honestly. Why would you go? Why would you go? Go ahead, Patrick. What are you seeing? I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, like, what's the draw? Like, what's like? Why do you need to be there? What's must see about it? The interesting thing. I'm going to answer. I'm going to. I'm going to get there the long way. But the interesting thing to me (laughs) is that, like, what was the draw last year? Last year, the draw was the quarterback who didn't even do anything because he was like coming back from injury. Like, and that quarterback was Sam Bradford. Tim Tebow. Oh, God, I forgot <laughs> about Tebow, that. Tebow drew. Tebow I mean, we drew, joke about that, right. but that's kind oh, of... I, it is I was there, kind of and I blocked that out. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody. Yeah, but I, yes. I don't I don't think there... I mean, I think the draw is that it's Eagles football and that you'll see Carson Wentz throw to the threes. I mean, that's what would get me there. I saw a lot of people on Twitter did, like, meetups, which is really cool, and it's just kind yeah. of a, a chance to hang out with your, your Eagles buddies. But, um, yeah, I mean... Jalen Mills? That's what I mean. Like, there's just <laughs> yeah. no, like, even, like, to me, you have to look at skill players, you know, because that's what training camp is about. Like, Fletcher Cox is awesome. Benny Logan is great, but, like, you're not going to watch defensive tackles in training camp. I mean, like, you're, yeah. if you are, you're going to be pretty bored. But, like, there's no star receiver. There's no, the running back situation is, like, sketchy as can be, and Ryan Matthews is hurt before training camp has even started. And, and just, like, there's just not a lot of great things to watch. And I don't blame Eagles fans. That's the whole thing about this. Like, no one is saying, like, you're bad fans because of the attendance down. And I've seen so many people tweet at me. And so many people are probably yelling at me right now. Oh, you're comparing the, the 18,000 to the – or the 43,000 last year, which was on military day and was the second practice, to the first year uh, – the first practice this year, which is 18. And apparently last year's first practice was 16. But still, that was, like, a Tuesday. It was, like, a weekday. <laughs> And this was a weekend, and I, I do think there's some difference. And it's 25,000 difference. To me, 
you know, if you want to talk about the rain or whatever, whatever explains the difference are fine. Those are some factors, but I think it's, there's merit to the fact that there's 25 less and that it's a boring team. And that's, again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like there was more intrigue about this team last year and people had them picked to win the Super Bowl, Adam Schefter and Brian Dawkins, who we should talk about later. And a bunch of people. I mean, it's not saying like because there isn't hype, that doesn't mean they can't be good. But it also means that they like there's warrant the hype, the, the non hype could be warranted and they're just a boring team right now. Yeah. And in well, along with the factors, you're boring. Uh, the DNC was just here, so everybody was already sick and tired of driving the entire week mm-hmm. or whatever, going through some stupid security checks. Then uh, by the time you step outside, you've already had your second shower because the humidity was awful. I don't, and, and never mind the rain or anything else like that. And do you really want to go sit and watch that, you know? And there was intrigue with Chip Kelly when he first came over this year, but that team was dog shit. You know, like <laughs> every, everything about it was was terrible from... Jesus, every everything was bad. But the intrigue was, well, there's this brand new shiny toy that's in there. Uh, and we all expected that team to be really pissed poor too. And, and they weren't. So maybe that, that it, it, like I said, it's just going to have to come down to kind of wins here. P wall. And like, <laughs> I don't know, like there's, that's, that's, I think that's what we keep coming back to in the well, almost every single time is just, there is nothing exciting about this football team uh, until we see a little preseason action. And even then, I don't know if that's really going to cure it. Do we, do we, I don't know how I'm trying to phrase this, but do we really know what Doug Peterson runs? No. What does he run? We we assume, we, yeah, we, we assume he's going to run some sort of West coast, something, something, but we don't really know. I mean, that would make sense. I think he's, he's said, essentially as much. Um, and even the preseason is not going to show us that. I mean, you're going to get an idea, but I mean, look at, look at Chip Kelly's first preseason versus that week one game against Washington. I mean, yep. nobody saw that coming. Not to say that Eagles fans should expect a 35 point blowout of the Browns, although, <laughs> you know, it is the Browns, so maybe, but uh, I, I, yeah, I just, uh, this whole boring thing to me or this whole like lack of training camp interest thing to me, I get it. And I get it on this sort of like emotional level. It's been a weird off season. There's been a lot of highs and lows. There's been a lot of unexpected things that have happened. But when I look around the league, and I know this is this is like NF, this is like your NFL dad talking, and everybody hates that. But like, you think the Packers are the like Packers fans are like, well, there's no, you know, I there's no like dynamite guy to watch. Like, no, the good teams. This is what happens. The teams that are rebuilding. This is what happens. And like it or not, the Eagles are in a rebuild. And when you look at the last several years, I mean the the splashy moves and the and the things that got you to training camp ended up at seven and nine and eight and eight and getting coaches fired. Like sometimes you got to have a little bit of boring before you can get to the to the fun, and that's just sort of the nature of drafting a quarterback second overall and trading a bunch of picks that could have turned into cool running backs or receivers or or what have you. But um, you know, I, I football is always going to be king in this town, so. You know, maybe it's a hiccup. Maybe the next practice has 40,000 people and we all forget about this. And you're allowed to say this team is boring. The offseason's boring. One, because the offseason's always usually boring. <sighs> and and you can still like the football team. Yep. Like that's those are two completely yeah. okay things to do. Uh, and that doesn't boredom doesn't nearly necessarily mean a bad thing, just like we're kind of uh, doing uh, here. But uh, 
you know, with that said, I think that there's, we just need a little taste. And if we get a little taste, then things start opening up, especially with, it, it hurts us too. Like we, we just have to play a guessing game. We have to, why these things happen, you know, and I'm not, listen, I'm not blaming that the Eagles being boring is like, well, we got to come up with stuff and that's really hard. It is, <laughs> but at the same time, there is, we hang on to stuff like, Jim Schwartz not mentioning Eric Rowe because that's something to talk about. That's something new. Okay, what can we do that's not boring? And then it, it maybe we should just be boring too. <laughs> like that's the nature. That's the nature of it. They're boring. We're boring. It's okay. What wasn't boring this week, and we haven't mentioned that, and I can't believe we we are about thirty minutes in. We haven't mentioned this once. Uh, Brian Dawkins. He's finally back with the Eagles organization. No more searching for next Dawkins because the real Dawkins has joined the scouting department here, P-Wall. And first of all, what is he going to do there? He's going to do whatever he wants because he's Brian Dawkins. And Howie Roseman <laughs> essentially <laughs> said as much. When in the uh, when when uh, when Howie and and Brian Dawkins met the media separately, they were asking Howie what he was going to do, and he's like, "Well, he's going to do scouting." Um, but we're also just going to kind of let him do whatever he's interested in. If that's like sports science or conditioning or player personnel, like they're just like, we're really desperate for good PR. And uh, we thought Brian Dawkins would just be just what the doctor ordered. And there was like a fellowship thing. So we brought him in. No, but I think, uh, <laughs> I think Dawkins is going to start in, in, uh, in scouting. Well, he is going to start in scouting. Um, but let's be real. I mean, he's one of the all time legends of the team and, he seems like he has a genuine interest in getting to know the uh, the ins and outs of the front office world, and um, you know some of the we we like to joke about, but uh, how he evoked the name of uh, Ozzie Newsom when talking oh, about man. bringing Brian Dawkins in. So he'll start in scouting, and then maybe he'll want to move up, you know, the ladder as scouts do. He, you know, you start working in player personnel and maybe GM stuff. But um, you know, Dawkins said in his intro press conference, you know, you either have an eye. For scattering, you don't. He seems to think he does, and the team's been sort of using him as a as an independent contractor, I guess, for a couple years now. So this kind of makes sense. It's just good. It just feels good to bring the old boys home, you know. All right, here's my cynical take, VLG. Uh-oh. Uh oh. No, no, I actually shouldn't say that. Um, let's say Brian Dawkins eventually. This is a big, <laughs> big, big what if here. Let's say Brian Dawkins gets himself into something that is a predominant role. Maybe that's. Uh, had a player personnel or GM one day and he fails after like a, a bunch of promotions and, 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 you know, working his way up through there. How does that tarnish his legacy in Philadelphia? This, this is such a Philadelphia question. Right? Isn't it? Right Isn't now, it? Only been hired for a couple of days now. What if he fails? What if, what if he, like, he hasn't been on the job? He hasn't barely even picked up a, a notebook and I'm already made him GM no. and he's already failed. What, what What's the reaction then? I joke, but I, it's, I think it's only natural to kind of think about that, at least have that in your head. I don't know. I, 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 I almost feel like he can't because he's Brian Dawkins. How could yeah. he fail? And yeah, I, I guess not. And I feel like you would get such a long leash from the fans and everything. I mean, obviously, there comes a point where you know, losing is going to catch up and things like that. But I feel like, you know, obviously, they're going to they're gonna give that guy a lot of a lot of slack. And I feel like uh, if he ever did got to or if he ever sorry, if he ever did get to that point where he is a GM or something like that, I feel like he would he would pretty much have had to work up to it at that point and and grind and pretty much deserve to be there. So I don't think, you know, he would be totally in over his head or anything. 
we you know we've seen some players uh, not not it's not like very common but you know you look at John Elway a good player and a good GM uh, you yeah. look at Ronnie Hextall across the street uh, go. good player and good GM so it's not impossible but uh, I, I do think it is a really interesting addition I feel like it was it's it's a no brainer for the Eagles and, and Dawkins was talking after practice and saying like Patrick kind of said it's a very fluid like they don't have a, a lot of specifics hammered out right now. But uh, at, the, at the very least, it doesn't seem like he could hurt. And maybe, you know, maybe who knows? Maybe this doesn't work out. Like, maybe Doc doesn't like it. He still lives in Colorado. I think he's still trying to figure out, like, you know, what's the, the schedule going to be traveling back and forth and, and working remotely in the same vein of Jerry Colangelo in Arizona and things <laughs> like that. Uh, so, I, you know, it might not work out, but I think it's it's worth a shot. Yeah, I um, – because – and the only reason why I think of it is because Mike Singletary is one of my like childhood heroes. And now I can't think of him ever in the same way. And he was kind of like the Brian Dawkins of Chicago. So it's kind of like, yeah, I hope I, I, I wish nothing but success. I don't want anything to uh, bad happen to him. And really just to, for him to be with the organization. And if he kind of opens up as, as part of some of their, their mouthpiece then then we all win that's kind of that's basically all we want anyway because brian dawkins can literally make us do and run through walls and do anything and all that uh, all that stuff there so all right with that being said let us get into some of your questions we want to hear from you call the duncan philly anytime hotline Leave us a message, and we'll put you on the air. 267-245-6066. That's 267-245-6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. First coming in from our good friend Turtleneck, we got the Swaby721. I need some help on some new fantasy team names. Patrick, do you have any great fantasy football team names in your pocket to give to our good friend Turtleneck here. Well, you might want not want to use it because I came in eighth in my league last year, but my team was <laughs> called Nelson Al Gore. Uh, oh, oh yes. <laughs> Nelson Al Gore. Is, which is, is courtesy, I believe, of you, John. Somebody yes, flubbed the name Nelson Aguilar last year, and then our done. friend was, uh, Alex Waldo drew an awesome yes. illustration of Nelson Aguilar <laughs> with Al Gore's head, or I guess Al Gore in a Nelson Aguilar jersey. So that's yeah, uh, that's mine. Nelson Al Gore is, is a pretty solid one. BLG, you got any good fantasy team names? I have not played fantasy starting, I think, last year, the year before, and I just my life feels so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in uh, I'm in too many dynasty leagues. I the the fun, the funky thing is I haven't had to name my fantasy team because it's always the same thing over and over. And we do this really boring thing where we just take fake football teams and make them our team name, and that's how kind of the league went. So. Uh, I'm gonna just gonna vote with for Patrick Nelson Al Gore is a uh, is a perfect way to go. Uh, this is coming from uh, Nicholas West. How has Marcus Smith looked in camp this year? BLG, uh, you think he makes the team, and does he have any trade value? <laughs> no. To answer your question about the trade, the trade value, uh, no, he does not. Um, oh man! Unless like it would have to be a thing like you're trading him as a bust for like someone else's bust and like one of those trades. How he could pull that off of anyone? But I do think they kind of keep him as the fourth defensive end or so. He actually looked good. I feel like on Saturday, I think he beat your boy Matt Tobin, John. Uh oh! Big Uh-oh. big bad news for Matt Tobin. But you know, it's it's hard to tell. It's early. Uh, I, I'm going to be interested to see how he does in the preseason. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Any? Uh, I don't know. I don't have any thoughts on Marcus Smith, really. Patrick, you have any? 
Uh, forgot he existed until about 15 minutes ago. So, <laughs> no. All right. Well, moving on uh, to our good friend Christopher Davis. If Nelson Aguilar or Josh Huff gets 1,000 yards in 2017 <laughs> thanks to Wentz, how would you feel about them then instead of now? I mean, uh, good, obviously. <laughs> uh, right? I mean, I don't think there's any other way to answer that question. Uh, so, we'll move to his, his next one. Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, both in their prime. Which one do you choose, BLG? Uh, I think Randy Moss was... I'm going to take Randy Moss because he's also very entertaining, and I think that'd be very fun. Yeah, he gets my vote, too. Who do you have, Megatron or Randy Moss there, Patrick? Well, Randy Moss broke the all-time touchdown record after his prime, so I'm going to go with Randy Moss. <laughs> That's uh, three for Randy Moss. Uh, and moving on to... Uh, and the Eagles almost had him. Sorry to cut you off, John. Know, that, that always kills me, going back to that. Could have had. Uh, oh, had. man. He should have made our truest Eagle t-shirt. Oh, now available at the BGN radio Ooh, store. I'm going to buy one of those. Interested. That sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, from a good friend, uh, David, what are our chances that Chris Givens outperforms Nelson Aguilar this season, Patrick? I don't know about outperforms, but Chris Givens to me, it's, you know, it's very early and maybe BLG can shed some more light on this, but he seems like one of those kind of like out of nowhere guys that by the end of the season, we're going to be like, wow, that was a really good pickup, Howie. Uh, but <laughs> I, 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 I would say he's probably going to be your like two a or three a receiver this year. So I don't think he's going to outperform him, but I also don't think he's going to be invisible. Uh, I, I kind of think that they might. There's, I think there is a possibility they could have the same numbers. And if that's true, that's going to make me a little sad. But uh, BLG? Aguilar struggled so much as a rookie that I can't really be like, oh, yeah, Chris, Chris Givens, you know, definitely not going to produce as much as him. But um, uh, I, I think it would be just disappointing if Chris Givens, you know, outperformed Aguilar. But I th- do think Aguilar is honestly one of the best deep threats this team has right now, which tells you about how much wide receiver talent they have. But he does have speed. Uh, We did see him beat Mr. Hall of Famer Jalen Mills in open practice on Sunday. So uh, I do think there's a good chance that – I don't want to say start because, like, I think they're going to rotate the receiver so much that starting doesn't necessarily mean a lot. But I do think he's going to play surprisingly more than people expect. Yeah, I and it's kind of you know what one thing we haven't touched on it. BLG's uh, Ruben Randall is apparently having a pretty mm-hmm. good camp as well. So yeah, what 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 have you seen from him so far? Uh, not drops. <laughs> An Eagles receiver, <laughs> honestly though, I, I honestly don't think he's had one, which is insane because I'm pretty sure every else every other Eagle has dropped at least multiple passes every day. I'm exaggerating a little, but still. Uh, also, the route running with him has been very impressive. You know, I know kind of. Uh, criticized in New York for not, you know, always being for for having talent, but not always being like the smartest guy or whatever. But he seems to, to me, at least through practice so far, uh, you know, to be a pretty good route runner. He's been he's been getting open over the middle. Obviously, not as much as a deep threat guy. He also had that incredible one handed catch. You should check out. That's right on BDN.com. That thing was crazy. He's it was high and behind him, and he snagged and he was running to the left. He just like backhands, like grabbed it. It was just crazy. I, like again, I'm just impressed by the fact that he's an Eagles receiver who actually doesn't drop passes. But the fact that he can do like that, I mean, that's just a bonus. Yeah, there was as much as I think he. I mean, I, I still think he's a pretty limited wide receiver as far as like I, you know, there's, there's uh, some who thought it was like, oh yeah, he could he could compete for the number one spot. 
No. You know, I doubt that. Maybe the number two spot, sure. Uh, but I liked what I have heard thus far is, you know, Jordan Matthews going onto the outside, Ruben Randall staying in the slot in 12 personnel. I think if you put Jordan Matthews and Zach Hertz on the same side of the field, uh, and then you have Ruben Randall in the slot on the other side, um, or as the second wide receiver, I guess I should say, and then also having Sproles in the back, uh, backfield going the opposite direction. That I like, you know, the, 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 especially in a West Coast offense where you have, uh, Ertz kind of getting open in the middle, Matthews on the outside, somebody's going to forget about Sproles or somebody's going to forget about Ruben Randall. But I mean, he was a pretty reliable guy for Eli Manning. I mean, as far as like safety valves and things being there, like he was there. Uh, again, not the, not the greatest. I'm not trying to, you know, polish a turd here, but there is some, some untapped things that are going on there. So it's, Definitely something to keep an eye on, more so with with him than I do with Chris Givens or really anybody else. Do I think he can be a, a really healthy contributor, unless he turns into Steve Smith from the Giants? And this, you know, we can play this thing on a loop about how uh, how wrong I, my feelings on that were. Uh, all right, moving on to our good friend Ryan Jones. Which eagle do you think will most likely pull a Draymond and post a pick of his oh, hammer no. on Snapchat? <laughs> Patrick Wall, uh, any thoughts on who? would take a picture of their D accidentally on Snapchat. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go left field with this one. Mm. Oh, Carson Wentz. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. It's never thing. the ones you expect. <laughs> Unless it's Draymond Green, the then it is. He can yeah, easily do that. Because of the bathroom, I'm like, he's a very, very uh, reliable. Have you seen that episode? Uh, sorry. Do you know that episode of uh, Arrested Development where the U.S. almost goes to war because... Tobias accidentally takes a picture of his balls and sends it to, uh, it's going to be that. Uh, Yes, exactly. I also think that, I think like, you know, accidentally Benny Logan would do that for some reason. No Um, way. No, you don't think Benny would do that? Uh, I don't want to believe it. He's too, he's too, 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 too straight and narrow. Uh, all right, let's see. Well, then I'm, I'm out of Then I'll go back to the my favorite. I think Michael Kendricks is a perfect candidate for snapping his D yeah. on Snapchat there, BLG. Any thoughts on that? I can't disagree with any of the ones you said. <laughs> all right, back to the back to the questions. I haven't heard the name Bo Allen very much this offseason. Uh, thoughts about him and his future. I'm kind of interested to see how he does in a 4-3. Uh, not that I didn't think he did a, a terrible job as a nose tackle in 3-4, but naturally he was he was a defensive tackle at Wisconsin. So there's, I guess there's some uh, some things to kind of look at there, but, I, you know, he's still going to be a, a depth rotational guy. I don't think you'll see more than about 30 snaps from him here, BLG. To me, uh, you look at the defensive tackles. You obviously have Benny and uh, Fletch as the starters. I think Mike Martin is really going to be the third guy. He's getting a lot of second-team reps. He took first-team reps when Cox was gone or holding out a little bit in the spring there. Uh, and He obviously has some experience in the NFL. I think he's going to be the third guy. And then to me, I did my 53-man roster prediction post. Man, I'm just plugging all of my posts today <laughs> on this show. Go read that at bleedinggreennation.com. Um uh, the fourth guy I have is Taylor Hart. I think, surprisingly, I feel like I was watching the one-on-one offensive line versus defensive line drills the other day, and I feel like Hart looked better probably than I've, I've given him credit in the past. You know, this is obviously his third year. He was supposedly, you know, drafted, or, oh, he was drafted to play in the 3-4-2 gap, but maybe that doesn't mean he can't play in the 3-4, so I think I have Hart right now as the fourth guy. I, I don't think Bo makes the team. Wow. That's uh, that's a little bit... 
uh, somewhat surprising to my ears. So, uh, but Taylor Hart, huh? Really? That's, that's something I didn't uh, I didn't pick up on this week. That's kind of that's very interesting. So, again, the I think that's going to be the more interesting battle outside of kickers here. Obviously, is that depth on the defensive line and especially with the defensive tackles because. Um, and, and defensive end, really, because mm-hmm. we, we really don't know who's going to kind of slide in there. Uh, our good friend John Stolnitz over at the Felsky Files going to be also a part of the podcast app, the Liberty Pods podcast app that should be ready to rock and roll here by mid-August with a bunch of fun Philly, show, Philly sports shows on there. He's also going to join us here on BGN Radio occasionally. He asks, who is the most important player on the offense who is not a quarterback. I say Algalore, although I guess it could be Peters. Uh, yeah. Patrick, what is uh, what is your uh, most important player on the offense? Mm, that's a really good one. Um, yeah, I mean it's really got to be an O lineman, right? I mean, I would, I, I think so. I would say, you know what? I might go, I might go Lane Johnson actually. Uh, that was my answer because, yeah, because yeah, I mean we have no idea what to expect out of Jason Peters this year. I mean. He's pretty confident that it was the scheme and the pace and the practicing that was sort of responsible for his year last year, but we don't know. I mean, he's getting up there. He's close to retirement age. Lane Johnson's the kind of guy, if he goes down and and Jason Peters isn't playing well and, you know, God forbid Jason Kelsey doesn't get back to form, uh, we could be looking at a disaster of an O-line. Be Brandon Brooks and, you know, his favorite Wawa hoagie starting at at guard opposite of him. I mean, who knows? Um, And that's where I kind of come... With this too, if Peters goes down, at least there's you you can kind of tread water there, yeah. and there's there's some there's some depth where you can move over Lane Johnson to the left side. Um, your right tackle position is still going to be Matt whatever, uh, or yeah, 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 exactly. So there you'll have that. Um, yeah. So I, I I think that's why I think Lane's more important as far as like being healthy and moving forward and i just and, and again just want to reiterate i think half of what jason peter's saying is complete bullshit and um half of it's completely correct about the conditioning and everything else i think he is just getting up there in age and um yeah and, and it's important for him to, to to stay like obviously he's one of the 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 first or second most uh important pieces on the offense here blg any other names pop up uh, other than JP, I mean, it has to be Jordan Matthews. I mean, who, what other proven receiver are you really relying on? We talked about Randall and Givens a little bit, but it's a new offense, and you know, I don't know, I don't know how fully, how much fully I trust them yet. Uh, I mean, J Mac goes down. I mean, that I don't think that's looking great. No, uh, yeah, neither do I. That's another good one uh, because then your wide receiving core really looks pretty sad, and then you're then you're on the Zach Ertz train. Uh, fantasy question coming in. So I don't know if you guys want, want to chime in. It's our good friend, Dan Schmidt from, uh, sons of the spectrum. Should I keep Deandre Hopkins or throw him back into the mix and draft fresh? I lose a first round pick. If I keep him. uh, I kind of went on and on. It turns out he has the option between that or Des Bryant. And I, I'm going to make a semi unpopular opinion. And I'm going to say you hold on to Des Bryant and forget about the first round pick because, Again, I'm a big fan of the zero running back theory. I think those two are prominent wide receivers this year. I think DeAndre Hopkins has a little more, a uh, little more to work with. And I'm not. I'm still. I, I know he's worked with several different awful quarterbacks, and he's still brought down amazing numbers. Um, he's just gonna. He's he's got just got paid. He's gonna feel loose. For some reason, I just feel like, despite the injuries from last year. I still think Des is the is kind of the slightly better ownership, but either way, whatever you feel comfortable with, I would not uh, throw those back into the pool. I think those are the two 
premier wide receivers. Guys, any fantasy advice for Dan? Do whatever John tells don't, you. Don't play fantasy football. <laughs> don't play fantasy football. <laughs> You'll feel so much better, I swear. Uh, speaking of which, I think that's one thing we forgot to say, by the way. Uh, James is going to be heading up this week in fantasy. We're going to kind of uh, give that a nice little re- rebirth. And every week, uh, either on here on the main show, we'll have it too. We'll probably just play the segment when he's on. And uh, definitely every week that he's on this week in fantasy. Sigmund Bloom, we have locked up, is going to be our fantasy advisor throughout the entire NFL season. So we are very grateful uh, and uh, for that and him coming on board. Uh, Football Outsiders is a fantastic site. He's been on it. He's been part of the fantasy community for a long time, and I always listen to his uh, advice on that. Not necessarily Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, definitely his fantasy advice. It's coming from Not My Real Emails. Uh, thanks for chiming in, as always, my friend. And these are our last two questions of the night. Chances that the new staff let uh, Kendricks become a blitzer and play to his strengths. Uh, he would love to see him uh, be able to attack more here. BLG, what do you think? I mean, not as often as he did, I think, in the 3-4. I think we we had a similar question, I think, last week or so. I, I just yeah. don't think it's going to happen as much. Uh, Jim Sports talked about on Saturday. Just, you know, he, he really wants to get pressure with just the front four. He doesn't seem like he's a big fan, fan of blitzing. But at the same time, I think you have to work it in because Kendricks is just so good at it. And I trust Schwartz, you know, for as much as he does want to get pressure with the front four. It doesn't have to be literally every play. I think there's a time and place to blitz him. I just don't think it'll be as much, or the, the opportunity won't be there as much as it was in the 3-4. Uh, follow-up question from him uh, for you, Patrick. Is it foolish to let Benny Logan play this year without an extension? A big year from him would mean big for Angel Bucks, and he thinks he's going to be a stud. So do you think it's a mistake not to get Benny Logan now rather than later? I feel like the Benny Logan thing is almost sort of a no-win for the Eagles right now. If you extend him and he and he can't quite hack it in a three four and now you're stuck with this contract, um, but if you wait, he's gonna you might have to pay him a little bit more. This almost seems like the like this the space for the Joe Banner special, where you lock up a player before he has his big breakout year and and try to yep. save yourself a little bit of money. But I just think with all the uncertainty that's happened in in the last few months, it seems to me like the Eagles are prioritizing keeping him, and maybe it's the kind of thing where. Like midway through the season, he just he's proving too valuable, and they lock him up then. But um, if he has a good season, I really don't see him going. And and I think any amount that he would make as a result of the team, or there was as a result of him playing well this year, um, I, I I just don't think it's going to be such a big deal that you're going to be like, man, I really wish we had locked him up in the offseason. I don't think it's going to be a prohibitively large amount. Um, and I certainly don't think if he plays well, anybody's going to complain about whatever number he gets. I mean, Fletcher Cox just got paid, and everyone was like, yeah, cool. Well, at least... Yeah, yeah, and that's mo- how I choose to remember it. Yeah, <laughs> most of them were. And and it's the same thing that's going to... And speaking of that, because I, I noticed that people got upset when they didn't lock up Cox before last year, you know, even before this year coming in. Be like, ah, oh, see, it costs you way more money. And it, I, I have a feeling it's going to be the same scenario this year. It's like, well, the, Benny's going to go crazy. And they're like, oh, my gosh, well, you have to actually, you actually have to pay good players now. What are you guys doing? How dare you? How dare you uh, let this happen? I don't know. I think that kind of happens with with every single contract that happens. You know now, what's but, weird uh, is that uh, I was in the huddle with Howie. I think it was last Friday or so. And I wrote, I wrote about this for Saturday. Uh 
Jimmy had asked a question about, you know, like the, how the Eagles have all this guaranteed money, you know, spent in the future and how they spent the most of the offseason. Are, are they going to have enough money for a future players kind of deal? And then Tim McManus asked specifically about Benny Logan, how he answers. Uh, I wanted to do a story on that Benny quote. Uh, I, I had the audio myself, but I, I also just wanted to double check on PhiladelphiaEagles.com because sometimes the audio is cleaner there, obviously. And yeah. they edited the Benny question out. It's just not there. Like, Whoa. like interesting. Like it's weird too. Like they, so they uh, this can't just be a mistake because it was like right in the middle. And instead of showing like Howie, like they were for most of the interview, like you know the camera on him, they went to like this cut scene where they're sh- like they're showing extensions for Ertz, like the like they're dressed up in the suit and they're arriving at the Novacare and everything. They just totally edited the Benny question out. I just thought that was really weird. Interesting. Well, yeah, that's totally deliberate. And for whatever reason, I mean, we could we could read that a couple of different ways, but that was definitely a deliberate thing. What was what was Howie's answer? Do you remember? I just question. said, like, you know, we, we really like Benny. He's a good player. And, you know, I think the whole weird thing with this Benny situation is that guess whose agent he shares? You know, guess whose agent also? Uh, is he is Cox? Yep, it's Fletcher, they, they share it's Fletcher Cox. So I go. think that's kind of I think that's kind of why he hasn't been extended. I think that's kind of a weird dynamic there. Uh, they got to do it, though. I think Benny's going to be such a monster. Well, you think there's like a, a, a possible backdoor situation? It's like, listen, let's get this deal done with Fletcher. We'll I, take less. I didn't even think about that, but who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, that's 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 a way, way big, big, big time, big time speculation. That's just offseason better. But it's interesting to think about because there are, I mean, you look at, I, I think of that, too, with the whole uh, just to pivot to a second for the Sixers. I know a lot of people hate that, but that, I, I look at the Dario situation because Dario's agent basically owns half of the Sixers team. And you got to think, like, well, he obviously would be okay with giving up $450,000 or whatever it is to come over here because his agent's like, okay, you, I'll do that, but you got to draft these guys and so I can kick back, you know, and First give some back to Dario. Too. Yeah, exactly. The so there's got to be there's got to be some of that going on, uh, but that'll be interesting. Um, I think that's the most interesting thing that's going to be happening as far as like contracts and situation, I think Benny Logan's going to be essential uh, again to this defense. So the, the faster you can lock him up, uh, the better. But uh, Patrick, any uh, final thoughts as we are rolling out here, my friend? I'm just uh, I want to go back to the uh, the IP thing. I just think it's so awesome. Not only that that BGN Radio is going to be on the air, but it's going to be on the air. Um, I think with a station that really gets what we're doing and gets the future of radio and. Um, obviously Spike is a friend of all of ours and it's super, super cool to be, uh, teaming up with them. And, um, God, so ex- I'm like a, I'm like a proud, I'm like a proud dad. I'm just so happy for all <laughs> you guys. I just want to make dad bad ball. puns and grill you hamburgers, man. <laughs> and now that, it, now that you can, right. I mean, you, how was that by the way? I mean, Patrick grilled hamburgers, I think, or made them for the first time a couple weeks ago. Did they? How did that go, it, Dad? It was delicious. It's not that I've never wanted to grill. It's that everybody always says they're the best at grilling, so it just never happened. Uh, <laughs> it's always intimidating. John gave right? me yeah. a phenomenal recipe. Ask him for it on Twitter. He'll he'll maybe give it to you. I don't know. I'm not his boss. It's, but uh, yeah. it, was, it came out very well. Everyone loved them. Uh, and there was one left okay, over, which is the best part. Nice. So uh, Patrick's going to cook his burgers, and uh, he'll be part of the tailgate parties that we're throwing. BLG, any final thoughts rolling out here, bud? Yeah, big thank you again to all the supporters. A big thank you to Spike Eskin, host of the only Sixers podcast, I believe. 
uh, writes to, well, I shouldn't say the name. They always get mad when we don't say the name. Someone's not going to say the name. Um, But trust the process. Thank you, though, seriously. Yes, trust the process. Thank you again. And can't wait for everything to start. Uh, You know, it's going to be starting soon, I guess. And we'll, we'll be talking to you from the radio. We haven't yet determined, well, we actually didn't give out a time and when we'll be on. So instead of Sundays, like Sunday mornings, like we're really on, we're actually going to have a nice little uh, time slot, a Saturday, like late afternoon into early evening. I think while the Phillies are going on, it's going to be a four to six deal. And then from there on, uh, after the Phillies, it'll be six to eight p.m. kind of rolling into there. Um, And then I will be doing... Uh, I think the plan is that we'll have BGN Radio, then I'll be doing some solo stuff immediately following that. So it'll be BGN Radio for two hours, me for two hours every Saturday night, and we are very excited for all that to happen. Uh, I, I Again, I just can't thank Spike Eskin and WIP enough for reaching out to us and and uh, getting us excited, too, about what we're doing. You know, sometimes you realize you, you do these things. You get through 170 episodes, and you're like, well... You know, can you make, can you make it farther? Can you do anything past this? Can you? Is this just what it is? Is this going to want to want to be? Sometimes you know, along the along the lines in this in this business, and when you're trying to get stuff going for your career, I think there's always a lot of self doubt in there too. So you know, they're like, ah, did, do I really have enough of what it takes? Am I am I wasting my time here? And this, for the first time in a long time, this really kind of solidifies what we've all been doing. It just kind of puts a nice add a boy on the back and there's a lot more work to be done so we're we're excited for the next phase of bgn radio and of course all the new uh fans all the new listeners that kind of come and join us and again thank you to everybody that has been with us since day one we wouldn't have done this and uh, we wouldn't have been here without you guys so thank you very much that's going to do it for episode number 177 of bgn radio right here on bleedinggreennation.com bgnradio.com and powered by 94 WIP. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcasting. We thank you for choosing ours.